When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Late Night Drive. My name is Ellie Schnitt. I'm your host. I'm your driver. I'm so happy to have you here in the passenger seat with me. I hope you had the best week, but if you didn't, you are in the right place. What's up? What's poppin'? What a week it's been, huh? (laughs) You know, I feel like I'm turning into like a 90-year-old woman. I, I literally am always like, gee, what a long week. And the weather. Like, I don't know. It's all I can talk about is the weather. But to be fair, the weather has been fantastic. We've had some gorgeous fall days, but of course I'm already cold. On uh, Friday night, I went out and I was like, I don't need a jacket. (laughs) I don't need a jacket. Like, I'll be fine. No, it was fucking so cold. I needed a jacket. I immediately regretted it. I didn't have time to go back and get one. Miserable, terrible decision. Um, and I, that's how I know I'm, I'm weak because in college, oh, oh, buddy, in college, I was walking around campus like, okay, we would go out in our horrible going out outfits because I don't know if you know this, but in like 2014, the uniform was like a little crop top and then like a stretchy pencil skirt and like wedges. Okay. And I wore this, you know, and I wore it loudly. I wore it proudly. And it's not a lot of clothing, but I would be like walking across campus. It's snowy. Like there's full snow on the ground and I'm basically naked and I was fine. Couldn't even feel it. Just really made it happen. And now now I'm like truly head to toe. It's like 60 degrees. It's like probably it was like 55 degrees. I was wearing tights and a, a high neck top, like long sleeve. And like I was pretty covered. And I was like, it's chilly. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> I don't know when I became a week, but it's OK. Maybe that's just like getting older. Anyways, uh, weekend update. What happened this weekend? What happened this week? This weekend. Okay, well, this weekend, I met all of Shrimp Cocktail Man's friends, which was a lot. I So <laughs> he was having like a housewarming party for this his new place. So literally, there were like 200 people there. And they were like all his friends. It was crazy. I mean, some of them were certainly not his friends. In fact, at one point, there were a lot of people there that we we were like, who who do you know here kind of thing and they were like justin no one knew who the fuck justin was (laughs) justin was like a friend of a friend i guess and then invited like 10 people to this party we were like what is going on justin who are you i never once caught a glimpse of justin but anyways there were a lot of people there most of them were his friends which is crazy because i i think i have like 11 friends (laughs) i could never could never throw a party like this but uh it was really nice. It was really nice. I think that it can be really intimidating. And I want to talk about this later, like meeting your and I'm going to say significant other. This isn't it. I'm not saying shrimp cocktail man is my significant other. He's just somebody that I'm dating. But meeting their friends, it's it can be really intimidating. And particularly it was all of them at once. It wasn't like a slow burn. It was like, OK, you're just going to be thrown right into the, the deep end. But they were all really, really cool, like really, really nice. And I will say this as well. I cannot tell you what an absolute green flag it is. I mean, truly, perhaps the greatest green flag how much his friends just clearly adore him like just love him like no one could truly like and I I can't even describe it they were like I truly can't even think of 
a single thing I don't like about him. He's the best guy. Like, he's just such a good dude. And I was like, I know, because it's like, I think he's such a good dude. But it's nice to hear it from his friends. Like, yeah, they were like, you know, being normal people and like ribbing him. But like also, but also like you could tell it was like so out of affection. And like, what a wonderful, what a wonderful sort of um, endorsement that you have this large group of people and every single one of them thinks that you're like the nicest guy. It did make me feel really good. I mean, like I was like really glad I met them because that was such like a clarifying like, wow. <laughs> yeah, I was right. This I'm like right on the way that I feel like he is a really good guy. Uh, and also like I've said this before, but I do tend more towards introversion. Yeah, introversion. And normally an environment like this would have been really overwhelming for me uh and like listen I did get to a point where I was fully asleep standing up I don't know why I was the sleepiest girl in the world this weekend like I was so tired I it was like 1 like it wasn't even that late and I'm standing there like I know I was having conversations excuse me I know I was having conversations I don't know what I said I could not tell you one single thing that happened in that time frame I, I was asleep standing up but normally I'd be really really overwhelmed and like kind of like uncomfortable and feel like oh my god I don't know anybody what do I do kind of feeling that like you know when you're at a party and you don't know anybody except for one person and so you feel like oh my god please don't leave me <laughs> like please don't walk away from me like I don't know anybody but that was like not the case at all it was just such an exceptionally friendly group of people that I never felt like I didn't like, I never felt like I needed to cling to Shrimp Man, if, if that makes sense. Like, it was so easy to talk to everybody, and they were so welcoming and so kind. And it just was like a, a what a wonderful little evening, honestly. Because I was really nervous. I planned out my outfit a whole week in advance. But then I, I had nothing to be nervous for. And I'm really glad that it went well. Yeah, he's a, I really like him. <laughs> Ew! No, it's kind of funny. I was uh, I was texting my friend Julianne, and I was like, it's the craziest thing because I am a grown woman. Okay, I'm a grown, I'm 26 years old, and I still get that feeling of like, oh, he can't know that I like him, which is like, what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck like I you know like when you're younger like you're like truly in like grade school or whatever and you have a, a secret crush and like them knowing that you like them is like the worst thing in the world right I am a grown-ass woman why do I still feel like that he first of all he knows I like him <laughs> like he's aware I know that he likes me and in fact if you want a relationship to work in any sense of the word uh, you do have to tell people how you feel. You cannot just get into a, a relationship and be like, yeah, but you know what's up. Like, I'm not going to say it, but like, you know. Like, you have to be candid. You have to be vulnerable. You have to, like, share how you feel. And I know this. And, like, the wise part of my brain is, is understanding of this and gets it. But my sad little, like, middle school heart is like, it's so embarrassing. He's going to know I like him. And I'm, what the fuck is that? <laughs> When does it go away? Does anyone know? Anybody? Bueller? Because truly I'm over it. I like I hate it. I hate that feeling of like I'm doing something wrong just because I'm being candid about how I feel. Like and like why should I be embarrassed that I like somebody? <laughs> I should. I should like him. <laughs> it's just like funny. I, I I'm thinking like, okay, we've we've gone on uh, like about a five or six dates now. And I'm like, but he can't know he can't know how I feel like what he does know how you feel it's okay to like somebody that you are going out with in fact encouraged I don't know where that little voice comes from but I I hope it dies soon it's really annoying but yeah that's how I've been feeling lately um anything else going on Oh, actually, there has been some serious things going on. So I don't know if you've been following the protests in Iran. I think it's such an interesting... I mean, obviously, it's like scary and whatever, but it's so interesting. So if you don't know what happened, this young woman, Imasa Amini, uh, she was killed by the Iranian police because she was wearing a hijab improperly, was what they said. Um, and it sparked these huge protests all throughout the country and in nation sorry, not nationwide, uh, worldwide, actually, like so many communities are protesting. Women in Iran are running, like truly walking around without their head, with like no head covering and cutting their hair and like wearing what they want to. And men in the country as well are like 
protecting them, supporting them, protesting alongside them. It really is such like an incredible thing. And it's so brave. And it really makes you think, because from what I understand, like the leadership in Iran is so opposite of this like beautiful, vibrant loving culture that Iran has uh, and and the way the world sees this nation is like the the leadership which is this like very far um, right-wing religious extremism and you know I I give my all my full support and prayers and love and all that to the people to the women I mean all the people in Iran who are fighting against uh, this government that is oppressing them you know so if you have not looked into that at all you should look at it. It's really, it's really something. It's really empowering uh, to to see the way that these people are fighting. Like it just makes you feel like, damn, you know what? Good always triumphs over bad, and maybe that's not true, but I'd like to believe it's true, wouldn't you? Anyways, what are we talking about today? What are we talking about today? So I do want to talk about meeting your significant other's friends. You know, tips, tricks how to feel less nervous, all that jazz. We got a voicemail that is, why do I feel bad after having a casual hookup? A voicemail that's, is dating someone with different political beliefs a deal breaker? A DM saying, how do you bring up going slow? Um, voicemail that is, is a partner having strong opinions on your clothes slash where you go, an automatic red flag, and then a DM about career burnout. And that is going to be the show. So if that sounds fun, fresh, fierce, <laughs> flirty, fun, cool, whatever, to you, keep on listening. Okay, okay. I also wanted to add that now two of my friends have met him and they have both been 10 out of 10 big fans. So I'm feeling great about that. Oh, four of my friends. Sorry, I forgot that Zach and Toria met him as well briefly. But my friend Phil came to the housewarming party with me for a little in the beginning. Him and his, his girlfriend, who's wonderful, who I just met for the first time that night. Phil, I've been friends with since high school, like since we were like 14 years old, like baby babies. And he is the harshest critic of like the guys that I date because he just like wants the best for me, etc. And I'm telling you, he was more into than I am. Like, oh, fuck me. <laughs> ah! Um, sorry, he was more into shrimp man, crustacean gentleman than I was like, I would look over and they would be talking and the way that Phil was looking at him, it was hilarious. I was like, I don't look at him like that. So funny. Anyways, what are you talking about? Oh yeah, meeting your significant other's friends. Oh my God, nothing makes me more nervous, honestly. Because like meeting the family, like yes, that is important. That is really important. But like, I don't know how to explain it. Like you are probably going to see their parents less than you see their friends like it's not that it's not important for the parents to like you as much as it is for the friends to like you but I feel like if you're integrating into their life like you are going to be spending a lot of time with their friends their friends might become your friends like particularly if it's a more serious relationship so I feel like there is that pressure and that fear of like oh my god I need them to like me and also because I feel like it's a it's such like an endorsement of you for a friend of theirs to be like yeah I really like her like she was really great because it it reinforces I mean for me as well like when my friends have met shrimp man for example and they were like yeah he's really really great I really like him it made me feel so like okay okay yes I am on the right track it's not that other people's opinions matters more than your own like if you like someone you like them and that's what it is but it is just like a nice little check that the people who know you best are like yeah, 10 out of 10 supportive. We love it. You know what I mean? So yeah, meeting the significant other's friends. How do you feel less nervous? I think especially when, you know, you're dating a man, I think there's this like a weird feeling that you need to like be the cool girlfriend or whatever. Like you need to show them that you're like this like super like sick, cool person. Uh, and that's just like not really true. All you need to do is be yourself because your significant other likes you. So their friends will probably like you too. You know what I mean? Like you don't need to put on airs. You don't need to act a certain way. You don't need to be like, I fucking love football. Like you can, you literally be yourself and they'll get it. You know what I mean? All you have to be is yourself. So let's, let's get that out of the way. There's nothing you need to do to change about yourself. There's nothing you need to do or say that's like special. I really would just remind yourself that most people are pretty friendly and easy to talk to and inclined to like you. So if you show up 
friendly and like open and excited to meet them, I think that that's that's kind of really the the only mindset you need to have. I also think it's always nice to say like I've heard so much about you. It's nice to like know a thing or two. If if your you know significant other has talked about this person before I'd be like oh yeah yeah like you work here or you met doing this because it makes them feel like you are seeing that person like as an individual and making an effort all human beings ever want is like a little bit of effort you just want to know that people are actually interested in meeting you and talking to you and care about what you have to say so don't overthink it but certainly ask questions great questions to ask how did you guys meet it's always a fun question because maybe they'll be like oh we met in high school and he was such a fucking loser and then you get to hear those funny stories And if they're like a normal person, that's just like a conversation starter. And they're not just going to be like college. (laughs) And if they are like, I don't know, maybe you don't need to try so hard either because clearly they're not trying at all. Something that I always like to do is not like I'm being like, I think he's the greatest guy in the world. But like show them that you know their friend, show them that you care about their friend, that you like have their best interest at heart, that you like really like them and think they're like a good person. Because I don't know about you, but I'm protective of my friends. Protective as hell. I want to make sure that anyone they're with appreciates them for all the wonderful things about them. Somebody at the party did ask me, like, what's your favorite thing about Shrimp Man? So, like, knowing what that is, what is it that you, like, really like about him? What is it that has drawn you together? And also remember that it's as as much as it feels like a test for you, like, oh, can you hang? It's kind of a test for the person you're dating as well, because it's like, all right, well, let me see what kind of people you associate yourself with. Let me see how you treat me in front of your friends. Like, are you holding my hand? Like, do you, like, talk nicely about me? Or are you, like, kind of putting me down a little bit? Like, are you excited to introduce me to people? Or is it kind of a begrudging, like, yeah, you could come, you know? Like, these are tests for you as well. I think it's not just about, like, you need to put on this performance. It's like, you're testing out if you like them too, if you can see yourself um, in this life. And look, not liking their friends, it's not necessarily a deal breaker. But I will say, like, feeling comfortable around their friends is... is really such a green flag like it really is I think I didn't maybe realize in my life like how important it is to feel comfortable around their friends because like I I kind of didn't in my last relationship like I didn't I didn't but I felt like I I couldn't be myself I didn't know what to say I didn't I felt a little like uncomfortable and it didn't strike me as a red flag at the time but like now I'm like yeah like we just like didn't have the same values and that was really reflected in the people we spent time with it's uh it's a good thing to tuck away I wouldn't be like if you hate his friends dump his ass but like it's just a good thing to keep in mind you know all you're doing when you're dating somebody is like getting data points if that makes sense like you're not it's not like this is a red flag and so I'm gonna dump you if it's as long as it's not like something crazy it's like you're kind of gathering data it's like oh I really love this thing or oh this was like kind of an uncomfortable experience or I wasn't crazy about that I really loved that like you're gathering data points and eventually you'll know like yeah this is someone I really want to keep spending time with and keep dating and maybe be more serious with uh, potentially spend my life with if that's the point of relationships and dating that you're at Uh, and you'll also know maybe not maybe this is not the person for me so if you're meeting a significant other's friends just like try your best to remember that they're just people They're inclined to like you already, and you are auditioning them as much as they are auditioning you. So don't be nervous. You got this. (laughs) I love saying don't be nervous. Like, yeah, okay. But really, there's there's truly nothing to fear. It's okay to have that little bit of like not of nervousness. Like, I really want them to like me. In fact, that's kind of a good thing. But it it should not feel like you're like marching to your death. (laughs) Like, it should not feel like you're going to a firing squad. And if it does feel like that, I would evaluate why it feels like that and whether it's an indictment on the relationship as a whole. So anyways, that's kind of all I have to say about that one. If you have any tips, tricks, etc. that you want to share, questions that you like to ask, I also think it's always nice if you're in a public place to just like buy a round of drinks for everybody, show that you are invested in creating a friendship with them. Um, But yeah, let me know if you have any ideas, any feelings, any thoughts. And let's get into our first two voicemails. Hey, 
There are some stories about my mom's life that I truly never get tired of hearing. From hilarious to heartfelt, tear-jerking to plot-twisting, her retelling of events always brings me joy. Just in time for Mother's Day, I found the perfect gift that captures all her stories for my family forever. It's called StoryWorth. StoryWorth helps you preserve precious memories and stories from your mother for years to come. Here's how it works. Each week, StoryWorth emails your loved one a thought-provoking question that you get to help pick. Like, how do you want to be remembered? Or, what was it like when you first learned how to ride a bike? StoryWorth makes the writing process a breeze. All your loved one needs to do is respond to that email with the story. Long or short, it doesn't matter. You'll be emailed a copy of your loved one's response as they're submitted over the course of the year. You'll get to enjoy their retelling of the stories you already knew, or be surprised by stories you've never heard before. After a year of fun, StoryWorth compiles your loved one's stories and photos into a beautiful keepsake hardcover book that you'll be able to share and revisit for generations to come. I lost three of my four grandparents by the time I was six years old, so knowing that my future children and grandchildren would be able to get to know my parents on a personal level means everything to me. Families love StoryWorth. That's why it has more than 25,000 five-star reviews on Trustpilot, with millions of stories preserved since they were founded over 10 years ago. Give all the moms in your life a unique, heartfelt gift you'll all cherish for years. StoryWorth. Right now, save $10 on your first purchase when you go to storyworth.com slash Ellie. That's storyworth.com slash Ellie to save $10 on your first purchase. Late Night Drive with Ellie and Michaela is brought to you by BetterHelp. Um, so I love therapy. I have always been a huge advocate for therapy. I've been seeing my therapist for gosh, going on six years now. So she's basically like a homie, less of a therapist, more of a pal. Just kidding. She actually is really, really good at her job. And I have benefited immensely from therapy. I literally feel like I wouldn't be the woman that I am today if I didn't have therapy as a resource. I think it's so good to help you work through not only like your daily problems and you know your work issues or your friend issues, your relationship issues, but also like work through things that have been patterns in your life that maybe you've identified but don't really know how to fix or things like phobias, anxieties, things that you feel like you have a lack of control over. Therapy can be really helpful in making you feel like you do actually have control because you have more control than you think that you do but I know that it is not easy for everybody to access therapy and that's why I love today's sponsor BetterHelp because uh, I mean there are states in America even where there's like two therapists that take insurance you know like it's really really important to have access to mental health and not everybody does and BetterHelp makes it super super easy if you're thinking of starting therapy give it a try it is entirely online it's designed to be convenient flexible and suited to your schedule just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge so get it off your chest whatever it is with BetterHelp <laughs> Visit betterhelp.com slash LND today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LND. Okay, let's get into our first voicemail. Hi, Ellie. I'm calling in to see if this is a common experience that people have. But I'm not usually someone who does casual focus. Um, I just, it's hard for me to be intimate with someone I've just met, blah, blah, blah. And I've done it twice in the last, like, month. And every time I've done it, or the two times I've done it, I get, like, this big wave of, like, depression and sadness. And that just, like, consumes me for, like, three days after. And I don't really know why. Um, I tried thinking about it, thinking, like, oh, maybe it's because um, I feel weird being intimate with someone, knowing that, like, it probably won't lead to anything. But I don't know. I wanted if you had any tips on how to deal with this or if you could relate. Thank you. Bye. The first thing I want to say is like you. Well, OK. The first thing I want to say is that it is actually kind of a common feeling like you're not weird for feeling a little bit of sadness or shame or something after having a casual hookup encounter. I mean, this is getting into kind of a different topic, but but kind of the same topic. Like we do live in kind of a puritanical society like it's really ingrained in us I think that sex is shameful in some ways like it's something that like you shouldn't be doing or shouldn't be enjoying Uh, and even if you are someone who's like no 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 that's not how I feel I'm sex positive whatever like 
it's still probably inside you a little bit just because it's reinforced in so many of the narratives that we see in our culture. And it is like normal to have that that feeling a little bit. But the second thing I want to say is like there's no there's no like law saying that you have to do casual hookups. If they make you uncomfortable, if they make you unhappy, if it's something you don't like doing, it doesn't feel good to you, you don't you don't have to do it. Like you don't have to be like someone who does that if it's not something you want to do, it's not comfortable for you. I think we I mean I don't know how old you are, but I think in college and stuff like there is that culture of like hookup, <laughs> that culture of, of hookup. Yeah, the hookup culture, as it's called. Like there is that feeling of like, oh, I should be doing this because I'm young and, you know, everyone else is kind of doing it. And like, is there something wrong with me if I don't do it? It's like you literally don't have to do that. Like you can be a relationship girly. We love a relationship girl. And there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing shameful about it. It doesn't make you lame. It doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. Like, it's your body. It's your own relationship with sex and sexuality. The way that you want to express that is 100% your choice. And, like, you should never feel like you have to push yourself into doing something that you're just not comfortable doing. Now, on the other hand, I can't, I mean, I'm not sure. You didn't really say this in the DM. I don't know. Or sorry, in the voicemail. I'm not sure if you're saying that you would like to have more casual hookups and you don't know how to not feel those feelings. And like, that is, that's fair. I mean, if you, if you're like, I know that I don't feel good, but I want to have casual sex and I want to do casual hookups and all that, that's also very valid. Again, I want to reiterate, you don't need to push yourself into doing anything like only do what you really want to do and what's comfortable for you but if you want to I would really work on ingraining it in your mind that like sex is not shameful that like there's nothing to be guilty about because we should be enjoying sex and pleasure is an important human experience and you are the only person who should be in charge of that pleasure and how you want it. I think there are people who carry a lot of shame with them about sex because of a religious upbringing they might have had. So undoing that, if you want to undo that, takes time. You know, it's going to be a little difficult because they're, it's so deeply part of you. So I think learning more about being sex positive and what that means and then coming to your own understanding of what it might mean for you would be a great place to start. I think this is maybe going to sound weird, but I something that kind of did help me with sex positivity and feeling more comfortable was feeling more comfortable with myself before all of that. Um, like I felt like I couldn't take control of my sex life and my sexuality until I really felt like I was comfortable with myself and my own body so weird weird things okay one being naked like truly like being naked and looking at yourself naked I truly did not look at myself fully naked until I was like 20 years old I just didn't do it I was like no that's like embarrassing like I don't want to okay well now I do and I was like damn I look fucking good and I do it at every opportunity I can now because I'm like you're not young forever <laughs> enjoy this but no I think that really helped me was being naked looking at myself naked and and feeling like this is what I look like and I like my body and I'm I'm I am sexy I also started buying like lingerie for myself and yeah wearing it looking at myself in the mirror and feeling beautiful and feeling sexy for myself. Also, masturbation is important. You know, get yourself get yourself that Satisfier Pro 2. It's the best. It is truly the best, like, affordable starter vibrator. It's, like, the perfect one. So if you don't have a vibrator, that's the one I would recommend you get. Start there. And once I felt like, because what you're trying to do is start to understand that, like, your pleasure, your body, like, sex, sexuality, pleasure, it should be on your terms. And it can't be on your terms until you know your own body and what you like and what you want. Because once you do that, it's so much easier to go out in the world and be like, hey, I'm making this choice for me because I want it because I know what I like and I know what I want, as opposed to being like, well, I think this is what I'm supposed to do and um, everybody else is kind of doing it. And so I'm not really making the choice. Like, I think there's this weird, um, there's a situation that happens where it's almost like a blurred line of consent where Technically, you're consenting, right? Like you're saying, yeah, I, I want to do this, 
But there's a part of you that's thinking, well, I'm only doing this because I think I am supposed to or I'm not I don't know how to say no because it's not what's expected of me or something like that. And that certainly can make you feel that depression and that shame and that guilt because it wasn't 100 percent you making that choice for yourself. So start with you. And then if you feel like it, if, you know, after you get to know yourself and your body and you start feeling comfortable with that, if after that you're like, yeah, I do, I think I am ready, I do want to do casual sex, go for it. But if you still don't, like, that's also okay. It's important to know yourself no matter what. So you don't have to be a casual sex girly. You don't. You literally do not. Um, And if you want to be, that's also very valid. But I want to make sure that that's a choice, like an active choice that you're making and not something you're doing because you think you're supposed to. Consent and choice are the two most important things in making sex sexy and not feel like, oh my gosh, why did I do that? You feel me? Like, I don't necessarily agree with this idea of like, you can't love anyone until you love yourself. That's not fucking true, okay? Whatever. I don't always love myself, but I know how to love other people. (laughs) But I do think when it comes to sex, if we're talking about that kind of love, yeah, it's a little bit hard to, you know, love someone if you don't love yourself. So yeah, I love you. It's going to be okay. And hopefully that just helps you feel more in control over what you're doing. And and it might make those feelings of depression and guilt and shame a little less strong. So okay, let's get into our next voicemail. (laughs) Very much changing gears, but here we go. Hey, Ellie. I just want to know what your thoughts are on dating someone that's has a different political belief than you do. Um, I'm dating a guy right now, and his family is super, super Republican. He is kind of somewhere in the middle, but we often fight about our political views. And I honestly, I think it might be a deal breaker, but I don't know. I I just want to know what your thoughts are. Thanks. Bye. So listen, for me, it's absolutely a deal breaker. It's very important to me. It's really, really important to me. And it would be a deal breaker. I think what you need to consider in a situation like this is like, what exactly are you disagreeing on? What are you disagreeing on? Are you disagreeing on, (laughs) are you disagreeing on like economic policy, you know? Are you disagreeing on the role of centralized government? Like, are you disagreeing on those things or are you disagreeing on like human rights? Or are you disagreeing on like he doesn't think that trans people should live? (laughs) Like, what are you disagreeing on? Because there is, call me crazy, but I think there is a difference between disagreeing on something like feeling like states should have more power than the federal government or something like that. I don't fucking know what Republicans believe. I don't know. I think that's like a Republican thing. If you're disagreeing on that, if you're like, I believe in a strong centralized government. (laughs) And he's like, no, I believe in a little one. Okay. That's one thing. If you're disagreeing on things that are like people's rights to like live a beautiful, happy, healthy life. Yeah. That's going to be a fucking deal breaker. So, you know, I don't, I don't know you. I don't know your relationship. For me, 100%, that would be a deal breaker. But I think for every person, what you need to do when you're dating, honestly, before you date anybody, right? Something you're going to want to do is figure out what your values are. What are the things that are really important to you? What are the things that you feel like, you know what, I really need us to align on these things. And if politics is one of them, then yeah, then this would be a fucking deal breaker. And you would know that because you know that that's a really important thing for you. You're saying that he, I mean, it sounds like he's like kind of a centrist, which I'm like, ugh. I mean, I, I don't know if you remember Photographer Man. He was like, yeah, my, my family is really Republican, but I, I'm not like that. I don't really care about politics. I'm like kind of a centrist. And I was like, OK, I don't really get how you just don't care about politics, but like go off bestie, I guess. And honestly, that was a big reason where I was like, I don't know. I don't think this is going to work out with us. But, you know, who knows? Maybe if he's not like super stubborn, like maybe he can be convinced or like maybe, you know, it's like, do you think he's a reasonable person? Like, does he seem like someone who could have like a reasonable conversation and understand what you believe and perhaps come around to it? Or is he someone who's like, "Mm, no, I don't think gay people should be allowed to be married? You know, all that kind of shit. Like I, I hesitate to say like, fuck that guy, dump his ass. But I will say if it was me, I would. I just couldn't. I just I really could not do that because it's not about I think like where we're at in the world right now, politics is politics is not so much about like passing an infrastructure bill as I mean, that is important, but it's it's not as much about that as it is truly like a fight for God, I hate saying this because it's like such like a, a dumb, but like really like the soul of a nation. Like it's it's fighting for decency. It's fighting for people's rights to live their lives happily and 
and make the choices that are right for them and, you know, have access to clean drinking water, which is a crazy thing to say because obviously, but, you know, it's difficult, I think, to disagree on politics. Like if you disagree with how much like social safety nets we should have, like but you think there should be some, right? You think there should be some, but not too many. I think there should be like a shit ton. I think we should like be fully socialist. Well, there's a disagreement and that's kind of like, okay, you know, we can maybe find some common ground or we can find like a middle ground there where like we don't really disagree. We don't really agree, but we don't disagree. But I don't know, the further and further you get apart on the political spectrum, the more I feel like it's just really hard to find common ground because you're not disagreeing on policy you're disagreeing on like humanity and it's just it's really difficult so I don't know it's not for me but I don't want to tell you what to do you know I don't I don't want to tell you what to do but I know what I would do because it is important to me but beyond like politics at the end of the day it's important for you to know what's important to you and really evaluate that because it's easier to make a, a judgment in a situation like this when you know like what your core values are and what the things that are like really really important for you are so beyond just this particular situation like that that's just a good piece of general <laughs> advice that makes things like this easier to deal with so whatever you choose to do you know follow your heart I think you know in your gut what you want to do or conversations you need to have and just trust yourself on that. I think there's is such a tendency to be like, well, maybe I'm being dramatic about this or mm, I don't know, am I put, throwing away a good thing for this? But it's like, listen, you know what's right. You know what you believe and you got to stick by that, you know, and just trust yourself because I think your gut always kind of knows what to do if you are willing to listen to it. All right. That's really all I have to say about that. I mean, I would also be curious to hear what you guys think about dating people with different political beliefs, because obviously I have strong feelings about it, but I would love to hear what you think as well. Okay, let's get into our next two voicemails slash one DM. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Did you guys see this poll that came out that said 6% of Americans think they could beat up a grizzly bear? Motherfuck. <laughs> Motherfuckers, no you could not. Bro, 20% of Americans think they could fight a chimpanzee. No you couldn't. No, you couldn't. Have you seen their teeth? More than 20% of Americans think they could take a large dog. 30% think they could take on an eagle. 50% of Americans think they could take on a medium-sized dog. Bro, what are we talking about? Also, here's the craziest part. So they pulled it between Britain, Brits and Americans. Okay. <laughs> mm, about 43% of Brits think that they could take on a goose. 62% of Americans think they could fight. Have you seen geese? The Brits are right. The Brits are correct here. Do you know how vicious geese are? They're terrifying. A Canadian goose could kill you. Could kill you and wouldn't even blink about it. Would have no remorse for it. Those things are terrifying. They have sharp, scary geese teeth. They will whip you with their muscly necks. They're terrifying. They fly. They've got claws. Like, bro, you could not take on a goose. I'm sorry. That's the most ridiculous thing on this entire poll. Anyway, I digress. Let's get into 
<laughs> let's let's get into this DM. Okay. Hey, bestie. Needing some big sister advice or maybe just a place to word vomit. LOL. So I've been seeing this guy for about three weeks and it's been fun. And I'm getting the vibes that he's going to invite me over to his place after our next date. I am down to go over, but since it's still new, I don't want to sleep with him yet. So my question is, when should I pull out the so I'm not going to sleep with you yet line? Do I mention it right when he invites me over or do, do I go over and then like mid makeout session bring it up? I've never had a boyfriend or any kind of relationship before, so I'm kind of lost here. <laughs> for sure this is a good question great question actually I think that first of all it's always up to you how you want to say it when you want to say it but I mean just to give you more specific guidance what I tend to do is because you don't want to assume that like that's also what he wants you know maybe he wants to take it slow too maybe he's not expecting anything and really just wants to like hang out with you and kiss you or whatever so like I wouldn't be like hey off the bat by the way I'm not gonna fuck you I know you I know you want me <laughs> like I just like you know let it let it be chill I think I always like had that feeling in my mind of like oh my god I'm gonna like disappoint him or like let him down in some way right and so like the whole hangout I would feel awkward because I would feel guilty or something which is ridiculous absolutely fucking ridiculous like I was saying uh in one of the earlier DMs like your body and your pleasure and your sexuality and your sex life like it has to be 100% your choice it does not matter what the other person like if he's gonna be like butthurt because you don't you want to take things slow then he's like not a good dude he's like not a good person Person. like he can be like oh fuck like I really want to fuck you but he should still be respectful and cool about it so what I usually do is like we'll hang out whatever we make out um and you decide like what is going slow mean to you does that mean like just making out for a while does that mean like everything but sex or does that mean you know like having that clear boundary in your own mind makes it easier to communicate that boundary so for me like the first time we hook up probably first like two or three times like I'm like we are literally there's like will be no touching <laughs> like I'm not taking my underwear off maybe there's bra off action but like we're not like doing things we're like gonna make out we are gonna I hate this word but we're gonna dry hump and it's gonna be great we're gonna build up that sexual tension you're gonna love it I mean I don't say that <laughs> but like that's kind of like my boundary so like we'll be making out kind of go to like um put his hand on my pants and I'll just be like and I'll just be like hey actually like would love to take things slow here easy as that it does not need to be like a big conversation like so um here's my powerpoint presentation on why i do want to sleep with you but not tonight like it really is the most casual thing like i'm just taking it slow here hey i just don't feel comfortable doing that yet it's funny i got a voicemail too that was like how like I want to go slow but I'm literally so horny I don't know what to do like how do you know it's time to like have sex like how do you know that when it's time to like stop going slow and again I do think it is like a boundary thing it's like knowing your personal boundaries and knowing like kind of why you want to go slow if it's just like a physical thing you're like you just want to get to know him better you know, that's that's great. Maybe you want to progress a little bit every time you hook up. Like you want to round the bases, you know, <laughs> you want like hand stuff, mouth stuff and kind of go slowly and build it up in that way. Maybe you're going to be like, we're just going to make out until we do everything. That's also like fine for me. I'm usually waiting till I feel like I already know how I feel about like, I already am starting to understand that I might have feelings for him so that my brain doesn't get confused by the sex. It's like, I'm already like, okay, I already like him. So like, I'm not going to be like, wait, I don't even know this guy. And I'm like obsessed with him because I had sex with him, you know? But for me, it's like once my feelings kind of click into place, then I'm like, okay, then then we can go for it. But it's knowing where that boundary lies for you and why you're doing it. But yeah, there's nothing to be, there's like no big speech you have to give. There's no wrong way to do it. You just say like, hey, I want to take things slow. Any normal person's going to understand that. You're not like weird for it. It's like a really normal thing. I'm sure he's heard it a hundred times before and it it's normal. It's fine. You're not doing anything wrong and you can't do it wrong. Like you can't have this conversation the wrong way. I mean, I guess you could be like, I don't want to fuck you. Like, ew, get off me. But you're not gonna <laughs> you're not gonna do that. So nothing to worry about. Again, it's like what's the worst case? Well, okay. Here's the thing: the catastrophized person in your head that's going like the worst case scenario is probably telling you that he's gonna be like, "Oh, fuck you, get the fuck out," then, and like that's obviously not gonna happen. <laughs> like that's probably and like listen, 
it does happen, but it's probably not going to happen. I would say the odds of that happening are like 5%. And like, that's not even, that's not significant. Okay. The thing that is most likely going to happen is he's literally going to go, all good. He's going to say, okay. Probably like literally one word, like cool. (laughs) I feel like I get cool a lot. Um, And then just go back to kissing you because like, it's awesome. Kissing is great. Again, it all comes back to that consent and that choice and that like knowing what you want. And at the end of the day, when you know, when you feel in control, it really does make sex so much better because you're are feeling confident and you're feeling in control. And it's not something that's just like happening. It's something that like you really have agency over. And I think that taking it slow is a good exercise in that in like learning how to have that agency and express what you need and what you want. So. No wrong way to do it. I think you got this. Um, and let's get into our next voicemail. I have been dating this guy for about two months, and I just made it official girlfriend, boyfriend, all that great stuff. We rely on most of our core values, which is so important for me. And I've already been able to tell that we are quite different in terms of personality, which is so okay to me because, you know, opposites attract. But I can definitely tell that both of us are also not used to dating someone so opposite from each other. And us trying to make that work is definitely something that we're working on together. There are two things that I would say are kind of not worrying me, but things I never really thought of before because I've never seen it in my dating. He has some opinions on certain things that I'm wearing or certain places I tend to be going, and a big part of me thinks this has to do with his own personal issues with past relationships and trust that I understand we don't entirely have things that we haven't dated for a really long time. So what do you think I should do in terms of communicating how I feel about the situation and whether this is something that can be a make or break? I'd really love to hear what you have to say. Um, And thanks. Love the pod. Love you. Bye. So... This is actually kind of a, a tough one. So you're saying that, like, you guys are very different... It sounds like he's got some trust issues. It sounds like he's got he's been saying some things about uh, where you're going and what you're wearing when you go there. And like this is just like from personal observations, like this is not like empirical data, just like from what I've noticed with friends or other people I know or even DMs I've gotten from you guys, voicemails I've gotten from you guys. A man telling you that he's uncomfortable with the clothes that you're wearing and the places that you're going generally does tend to become a bigger problem. It generally does tend to be a red flag because there is this aspect of controlling, which is never good in a relationship. And it's also, I think it's it's a little bit of a red flag because he's just like not necessarily respecting your autonomy. He's not respecting your choices and that can, you know, bleed into other things. And also it's like, what does he think? Like, why doesn't he trust you? I know you're saying you haven't been dating for very long, but you have, you know, not given him a reason to not trust you. You know, there's no reason that he should feel like because you're wearing like a low cut top and you're going to the club with your friends or something that that means like you're going to cheat on him or that has that's like a value judgment on you as a person like, oh, well, she dresses like this, even though she's in a relationship. So she must be bad or slut or something like that. Like, again, I don't know exactly what he said. You weren't specific about it. But just from what I've come to understand, it's like, that tends to become a, a problem. I have a friend, she, she she didn't tell me this while they were dating because I think she knew that I would be like, fucking pardon? Sorry, excuse me? I'm going to go fucking murder him? Um, but she was dating this guy for a long time. And after they broke up, she was like, yeah, um, he wouldn't let me post selfies. Like he wouldn't let me post selfies where I even had a little bit of cleavage showing because he said I I was being slutty, like that it was attracting other guys. And I was like, <laughs> excuse me. Like, that's a big fucking red flag. 
that's a huge red flag that he like would not let her wear certain things, would not let her go certain places. She literally like felt like she couldn't go out because he would judge her for going out because he didn't like to go out, you know? And like that was a fucking problem. Again, I don't know your relationship. What I like that you said was that you are working on things together. Like, that's a green flag to me. Like, that maybe sounds like, hey, maybe he's got these trust issues, but it's something you can talk about because the way that you said, like, we're very different, we're working on it, but we're working on it together. Like, that is a green flag because it should be like that. You should be working on your relationship together to make it as strong as you can. I think if you want to, you know, bring this up with him, first of all, he should fucking go to therapy. You got trust issues? Go to therapy. Talk about it with a therapist. It's none of my goddamn, it's not my problem, you know? But um, you can just be like, hey, when you tell me that you don't, you don't think I should wear this or you don't like when I hang out with certain friends, like, it does make me uncomfortable because it makes me feel like you don't trust me. And I hope I haven't done anything to make you feel like that, but I want you to know that, like, it does make me feel bad. And I also want to reassure you that, like, I really, really care about you and I I wouldn't do something to jeopardize that. And me going to a club with my friends or me wearing a short skirt or whatever, that has nothing to do with our relationship. It's just something that I want to do. It's fun for me or I feel good about myself when I wear that and I need you to understand that. Because truly like giving him the absolute most charitable take, like the absolute benefit of the doubt, it's entirely possible that he just like has thought that this was normal like that that's how relationships are like that all of his relationships like he you know maybe got cheated on he thinks that like that's just like how relationships are and that he's like trying to make sure he doesn't get hurt again and he thinks that this is like how you do that like truly the most charitable um possible interpretation of this is just that he he doesn't understand the way it comes across he doesn't understand the way it might make you feel uh and if you talk to him and you you really help him to understand how it makes you feel or what it conveys to you that he will understand and and back off on that and you'll be able to move forward as in the relationship but you know you want to make a note of this like this is certainly like a red flag that you just want to like have in the back of your mind because you don't want it to get worse because if the control what sounds like some trust issues or control issues like if that starts to get worse it can get to a really scary place really fast um and obviously i don't want that for you i don't want that for anybody so just make a note of it and i would say communicate that with him and best case scenario which i'm hoping for you is that he just didn't realize that that was how it was making you feel and he backs off and you live happily ever after or whatever i don't know um but yeah definitely something that you want to talk about and you do not want to delay like that's something you want to address now like right now before it has a chance to turn into something ugly um okay But good luck. I want to hear how that goes. And, you know, whatever happens, whatever you do, we obviously support you and love you. So, yeah. Okay. Let's get into our very last. Say something, something. Because we don't talk about nothing no more. Do you guys like opinions on Be Real? I have very strong opinions on it, actually. Because I feel like I don't want be real to become like every other social media platform where like i just like am posting to strangers (laughs) like or even like not even just strangers but like people are that are like not my actual friends that are like out i don't know like acquaintances or sort of like outer friends or people from high school or college that i don't really see anymore like truly my be real is only people that i'm close 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 friends with i am not adding anyone else people are adding me and i'm like i haven't talked to you in five years i'm not (laughs) I don't need you to see what I'm doing every day. Like, that's just like I post enough on Instagram. You know what I'm up to. I don't need to have you on this social media platform as well. But that's just how I feel about it. Um, Anyways, this is our last DM of the show. And I thought it was interesting. So it is as follows. Hi, Ellie. I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about career burnout. I love my job, but lately I feel like I'm in a rut. I don't feel excited or motivated, even though I love what I do and I don't know how to bring my energy back. Any thoughts would be appreciated. Love you. (laughs) Okay. I have no idea. (laughs) Headline news? No fucking idea huge for an advice pod but I really I really don't fucking know um I feel like career burnout is something that really happens to you in like I would say you're like mid 20s like you reach a point where like you've graduated and you have been in a job for a couple years and you're doing your job and you're like do I even like this job (laughs) 
am I going anywhere with this? Like, you feel like you need to have like a five-year, 10-year, 15, five-year, 10-year, 15-year plan. And if you don't, you're like, what am I doing with my life? And then I feel like you get into this like rut where you, you get into this, um, this hole where you're like, fuck, like, I like what I'm doing right now, but is it enough? Like, do I need to be doing something else? Do I need to be doing more? Do I need to be diversifying my portfolio? Should I be looking into other fields? Should I be trying something really new? Should I be changing shit up? Like, should I be further along in my career than I am right now? And I, I feel like there's it's like the most common thing. All Truly, and I, I genuinely mean this from the bottom of my heart, all of my friends who are like around my age right now are experiencing a little bit of career burnout and I don't I don't know why I don't know if it's like a fucking astrology thing but I get texts truly like every day my friends are like I don't know what I'm doing with my life (laughs) I feel like I'm in a rut I feel so stuck I feel like I don't know um, what to do and like I just I don't I don't know either because I feel I truly have felt the same way like I'm so happy with what I'm doing with my life I feel really good I love my job I do. I love what I do. But every day I'm like, is it enough? You know, am I stuck? Should I be doing something else? Like, should I be thinking about five years in the future? Should I be thinking about what I want to do, you know, at the end of next year? Like, you know, I just I, I feel that way of like, objectively speaking, I am progressing, you know, every day, you know, I'm progressing and I'm much further along than I was years ago, even months ago honestly but it doesn't feel like that and I think that it's a really really common thing all of us feel that way it doesn't matter what your field is I think part of it and I could be wrong on this obviously so take this with a grain of salt but I do think part of it is like trying to gain um, a sense of fulfillment and full like satisfaction and happiness from your work I think that like that's where we tend to go wrong and culturally like we do live in this like hustle work first capitalism really popped off today kind of culture and you know that is what it is but that is what it is um and I think like a lot of us are like if I am doing my job and I don't feel 100% fulfilled by it then I must be stuck and I must be in a rut and I must be doing something wrong but really the truth of it is that like you're not going to be fulfilled by your job in that way. You're just not. Work is not supposed to be the only thing in your life. Work is not supposed to even be the main thing in your life, in my opinion. And I think you're never going to have that success that you're craving and that fulfillment that you're craving just from a job. Like, it'll never feel like you're doing enough. It'll never feel like enough. Oh, my God, that's the plot of Death of a Salesman. Junior year English, Miss Upton, are you so proud of me for bringing that back? But really, that was like kind of the, the, the focus of the play was just like the success versus fulfillment of like being successful in your job and not being fulfilled within your life or like feeling like a failure in your job makes you feel like you're a failure in your life. And, and you know, the commentary is really saying like you're not going to be able to live your happiest life if your entire focus is work. So I think perhaps what we should do look I don't know because again I feel the same way but I I feel like perhaps what we need to do those of us who are in this rut and feeling this way is like get a hobby (laughs) no really I don't know like take up crochet learn to sew take a boxing class like I don't know I feel like we need to like get out of the work bubble a little bit like try to like have something outside of work even if it's like reading romance novels which by the way I cannot stop doing don't know where that started but can't stop um I also think investing in your personal relationships you know and not just like dating you know your family and your friends and really making sure to have like special moments with the people that you care about because I know like look life is short like why why spend it working I mean obviously you have to work to live like that's just how our, the world is like you do have to work but it doesn't have to be your whole life and in fact it shouldn't be your whole life and I think maybe that's why we feel so stuck because we feel like we should be feeling more fulfilled um, by work and and it's just not going to be the thing that does that you have to have more than just a job. So, okay. I hope that that was helpful, even though it's not helpful at all, is it? Because I don't really fucking know the answer because I'm feeling the same way. But if you're, I would really actually love to hear from you guys if you have been feeling this career burnout. I Maybe it's just like a thing that happens when you're like in your mid-20s. Then you're just like, fuck. 
What am I doing with my life? But yeah, besties, sweet, amazing, gorgeous angels. That's going to be our episode today. Our song of the week this week is This Hell by Rina Sawayama. I can't stop listening to it. It is fully on repeat for me. It's a perfect bop um, and it's like a pop sensation. I also just like the idea of like this hell is better with you. It's like the world fucking sucks, but at least I'm with you. You know, whatever. I like. I love that. <laughs> I think that's really sweet. And yeah. Okay. What's up? What's popping? If you... <laughs> If you like this show, if you like me, feel free to subscribe. You can follow me on Instagram at Ellie underscore Schnitt. Um, and that is where my Discord is linked. That is also where the voicemail is always linked on that profile. It's in a highlight. But um, also the voicemail line is always going to be in the description of the show. The voicemail, if you need it, is 847-282-0462. Please call in, leave a voicemail. I love hearing from you guys. Um, if you like Taylor Swift, you can listen to my Taylor Swift podcast, Taylor Talk. It's on Spotify and live every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern time, 4 p.m. Pacific. And you can also find it just by searching up Taylor Talk on Spotify. And anything else? No? <laughs> Nothing? <laughs> um, yeah, I love you guys. I hope you're having a, a really wonderful, wonderful week as this fall weather comes in. I hope you're having your little Gilmore Girls fall. I hope you're having your pumpkin spice lattes and your um, cider donuts and all that jazz. I hope you go to a pumpkin patch. I hope you go to an apple orchard. I hope you have the best fall. I love you so fucking much you have no idea how much i love you and as always have a good day have a good night wherever you are whatever you're doing i hope it's a great one and i will catch you on the next one bye mother's day is almost here and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around a watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.